right, let's go ahead and take our Bibles here tonight, and we're going to turn over the book of Proverbs once again here, and uh, we'll begin by reading through a few verses after the verse that we looked at last week, and then we'll get into the message here tonight. Um, Proverbs chapter 17, and uh, verse number 22 talks about a merry heart doing good like a medicine. We looked at that last week. And then verse 23 says, A wicked man taketh a gift of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for for equity. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. <coughs> and he that shutteth his, his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. I want to look at tonight some thoughts from the last couple verses and some other passages in the book of Proverbs that deal with self-rule, self-discipline, and self-government. And so we're going to look at some thoughts here on the importance of self-rule or self-control. In verse number 27, the Bible says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. And so, again, a person who is able to spare the words is of an excellent spirit. So it's basically saying that. And then it also says, in verse number 28, it says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. And so if we can control our words, we can spare words, we can control, again, maybe what we say and don't say, it's a good thing. And so we're going to look at some thoughts on self-control or self-rule. These verses here deal with this subject, but we also see this subject addressed here in the former chapter, Proverbs 16 and uh, verse number 32, it says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and the he that ruleth his spirit than him that taketh a city. And I'd like you to turn to one other passage before we uh, get into the, the message here tonight. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number uh, 28. Proverbs 25 and verse number 28. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And let's go ahead and pray as we consider some thoughts on self-discipline, self-rule, or self-control. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for this time we can meet again. Uh, Help us, Lord, to see the importance of having ability to govern ourselves and to control, again, our actions, our words, our attitudes, our speech, And again, help, again, the Word of God to be a a guide and a blessing to us tonight. Again, we ask for your presence and your help here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're looking at some thoughts on self-control. And as we think about self-control, some people think that's kind of humanistic or self-discipline. I mean, that's humanistic, uh, something along that lines. And they might say, well, there's there's spirit control, there's self-control. And they're not the same, but really they actually correspond one with another. Self-control uh, speaks of our part really in controlling ourselves. 
And uh, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 16, it says, he that ruleth his spirit is, able, is better than someone that takes a city. And so there is a part of self-control that certainly all of uh, our part, so to speak, as far as choice. Uh, we think of self-rule. We think of, again, things like temperance. Let's turn to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 23. Again, one of the fruits, or fruit, as, a, as you might uh, call it, sometimes we call them fruits of the Spirit, but really it's the fruit of the Spirit, is that of temperance. And this is something that God imparts to us in, in I am certain, different degrees and varying degrees. Um, but it mentions here in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, uh, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, a goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so this fruit we manifest in a Christian's life, and one of these fruit that's mentioned here is that of temperance. As we think of self-rule, uh, that deals with temperance. The opposite of being temperate, or someone, again, is able to control or, or uh, again, uh, manage their passions or their desires, is that of incontinence. Let's turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. On one side, you see uh, temperance. On the other side, you see incontinence. Now, these are extremes when it comes to Again, that of having control of oneself. Uh, it mentions here in the last days, perilous times shall come, verse number one, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1. And then it says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. And again, incontinent means to be uncontrolled, unable to control one's impulses. Without control of our passions, our impulses, and our lives, our lives will be out of control. And there's a lot of verses that deal with the need for us to be in control, us to be in a place where we rule our body, we rule our life, we take control of our life. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 17. I just want to read these verses again. Even someone who is not saved can show, to some degree, the ability to control himself. We see this here back in our text in verse number 28. It says here in Proverbs 17, verse number 28, it says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. People look at individuals that can control themselves as far as words and as, as far as their mouth, and uh, they look at them as being wise, or as it says here, is counted wise. If, again, a fool can hold his, uh, his, his speech or hold his mouth or keep quiet, so to speak. Uh, again, the idea of self-control is uh, something that Paul spoke about. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. As we think of self-control, I know there's spirit control. We should be filled with the Spirit and controlled by the Spirit and guided by the Spirit and uh, led of the Spirit. And again, there's a lot of things that talk about the Spirit 
And uh, yet, the, that yet there must be a yielding to the Spirit and a yielding to God in a Christian's life to, in a sense, have both spirit control and self-control. But notice these verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 24. As we go through life, we just don't go through life as maybe the world does, following the whims of the world or whatever, again, our passions might be. Uh, again, we actually see ourselves controlled by the scriptures and the spirit as we run in the Christian race. It says here in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Know ye not that they run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they that do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible if, if therefore, I therefore so run, not as unto certainty, so fight I, as not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached unto others, I myself should be a castaway. And so we see, again, Paul talk about this need to, again, be temperate in all things. And even the athlete, the runner, seeks to be temperate in all things. He manages his diet. He manages his life. He manages and practices, and he trains for a race for the uh, reason of winning a prize. It says in verse number 24, he races to win a prize. And so we run that we may obtain. Our prize is not a, a, a prize, again, maybe like a, a trophy or, again, some kind of thing along that line, but rather, again, a... A, a, a prize of doing that which is right, an incorruptible crown. It mentions there in verse number 25, it says that to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. So we're looking for a Christian crown. We're not looking for a runner's crown. We're not looking for a runner's trophy, but we're looking for a Christian crown. And that is for being temperate in all things. And so we see the value of temperance. Again, it can give us or reward us with a crown, a, again, eternal crown, a heavenly crown. And, uh, but let's go ahead and back uh, to, uh, again, Proverbs chapter 25. And I want to just look a little bit at one of the verses that we just touched on here. But uh, again, just want to talk about it a little bit more here. In, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 28, it talks about having no rule. And that would be, in a sense, being totally incontinent. In other words, you're allowing your passions and, and your desires to rule you rather than rule yourself. And uh, it mentions, again, this, this person having no rule and what it looks like. Uh, let's look at verse 28. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So if you have no rule, what do you look like, at least to God? You may not look to the rest of the world that way, but you look to God as someone that's like a city that's broken and without walls. What does that mean? What, what does that look like? Well, that would be a damaged and devastated city. So without self-control, you're like a damaged and devastated city. You're also in a place where again, you find again yourself in a place where you're, you're again, you're, you're in a defenseless state.
state. In a place, it says, with a city without walls. It's not only broken down, but it's without walls. There are no walls. Again, someone says, well, cities don't have walls. Why would you want walls? Again, this doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, cities in the old days had walls around them to protect them. Let's turn back to Nehemiah chapter 1. You say, how, how bad is it not to have walls? Well, you see here, if you turn back here in the Old Testament, uh, the Kings, the Chronicles, Ezra, and uh, Nehemiah, you'll find in Nehemiah chapter 1, you see Nehemiah weeping over a city that's without walls. It has walls, but the walls have been broken down. Let's just pick up here in Nehemiah chapter 1, and I'll read down to verse number 4. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakilah, and it came to pass in the month of uh, Shishulu, in the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there, or in the providence, are in great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, some might say, well, someone that has no rule, what's the big deal? It's like a city like Jerusalem that was broken down and without walls and when the gates were broken down. So that, to me, pictures a city that's devastated. It's damaged. It's in a place of, again, defenselessness. And again, a person's life who's living in a place of, of no rule is in a place of danger and devastation just awaiting them. Again, there's a need for walls. At least there was a need for walls, for protection. And uh, again, so again, we see here in the Bible, there's a need for, again, to have control. And so our passions, our desires, our affections, our emotions are to be ruled. They're not to be, again, allowed to go wherever they would want or wherever they might lead us. Let's turn back to Proverbs uh, chapter 16. Again, in Proverbs 16, verse 32, we looked at another verse that deals with this subject of self-rule or self-control. And it says this in Proverbs 16, verse number 32, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And so when we talk about, again, that need to rule our spirit or rule our, our lives, again, what does it deal with? What things do we need to rule? Well, first of all, as we see here in this text here, it says we need to rule our anger or have control over our anger. Look at verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And so what's one of the primary things that we need to be able to rule? We need to be able to rule our emotions so that we do not easily become angry. Let's back up to Proverbs chapter 15. Uh, actually, Proverbs chapter 14, sorry. Proverbs 14. How many times do you sometimes see people that just get angry all of a sudden without any kind of, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like any kind of an incident and they're all frustrated, they're all upset, they're all angry. 
Uh, we need to be careful that we don't, again, get in a state where we're, we are easily angered. Because in those cases, we are not in control. We're allowing our emotions to control us. We're allowing others uh, to stir us up or whatever it might be. Proverbs 14, verse 17, it says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. And so we should be slow to anger if we do get angry. And he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. Parents, spouses, Christians, again, we need to be able to control our anger. Anger out of control can lead to murder, devastation, and all kinds of unwise and unhealthy behavior. And so we need to be careful about anger. We can't let anger control us. We need to suppress. We need to set aside anger. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 19. This is one of the things taught in the book of Proverbs. Look at verse number 11. It says there, Proverbs 19, at verse number 11, it says, the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. And so we have the ability to defer our anger or say, hey, I'm just not going to get angry at this. Or we have the ability to get angry at a situation. And so we need to be careful concerning the area of anger. And so as we think about things we need to control, we need to control our anger. We need to, uh, secondly, we need to uh, control our, our patience or impatience, if you would. We need to rule our heart with patience, not impatience. Uh, let's turn to Luke chapter 9. You know, you could be in a situation and, and maybe something doesn't go as you want it to. And yet I'm sure you are faced with these things from time to time, if not on a weekly basis. And you might be in a position at work where someone tries to stir you to anger. Or you're in a situation where maybe someone does something and it causes you to think about, you know, I have the right to be angry now. Um, we need to be able to control our anger, but we also need to control our patience or impatience. Uh, notice here in Luke chapter 9 and verse number uh, 51. Luke chapter 9, verse number 51. And we're going to read down to verse number 56. The disciples were in a place in their lives where, again, things weren't going necessarily according to plan. And uh, we'll pick up in verse number 51. It says, And it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Speaking of Jesus, he's going to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he were to go to Jerusalem. And when the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou, uh, thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you're of. Now what do we see here in, in Luke 9? Well, we see some people don't receive the Lord as they should. And so the disciples say, You know, hey, let's just, Call fire down on these guys. And you see Jesus rebuke him and says, you know what manner of spirit you're of? 
Again, that kind of spirit, that vindictive type of spirit, or that desire to see, again, evil put on someone, maybe who's not doing what you want them to do, is not of the Lord, but it's of the devil. The Lord, again, didn't say, okay, yeah, let's just take and allow fire to come down. No, we see him say, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. And so it's possible that we can be impatient in spirit. It's possible that we can, in a sense, seek to be vindictive in spirit. But let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But the reality is we should be patient in spirit. We should not be impatient in spirit. We should not be incontinent in spirit. We should not allow for our emotions to rule over us. We shouldn't allow a situation to rule over us. And if we do, again, we're out of sorts. And we need to, again, uh, get ourselves back under spirit control and under, again, under, under God's control. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, uh, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are ruly, comfort the feeble mind, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And so we need to have patience rule us, not impatience, and certainly not anger. And so we need to control ourselves when it comes to anger. We need to control ourselves when it comes to patience or impatience. We need to control ourselves. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 14 in uh, making hurried decisions. I just want to mention that. Hurried decisions. You and I can get in trouble through hurried or or quick decisions. Now, sometimes there's decisions that have to be made on the fly, and they have to be made uh, certainly maybe now or today or whatever it might be. But uh, we got to guard ourselves against hasty decisions. We don't take time maybe to consider fully the situation and uh, consider maybe what uh, choices we have in a matter. And so the Bible says this in Proverbs 14, verse 29. It says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but the he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Now, the last part of the verse probably and most likely connects with the first part of the verse, but it mentions again someone slow to wrath and someone that's hasty of spirit. Uh, we can be one or the other, hasty of spirit. Uh, parents and children need to stop, to think, to plan, to proceed, to, to think things through, to think things out. We need to be careful not to be hasty in spirit. Proverbs 19.2 says, He that hastens with his feet sinneth. And so we don't want to be making fast, quick decisions, especially when it comes to important decisions or life-changing decisions. And so we need to be careful about those things. So we need to be in control in at least three areas. Again, that of, again, our anger, our patience, our haste in making decisions. But what's the beauty of control? How does it benefit us? Or how does it benefit others? Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. If we are in control, it will lead and lend towards peace. Again, if we have control over ourselves, we have control over our mind, we have control over our lips, and uh, we have control over our spirit, it will lead to peace. And uh, it will lead to, certainly in most cases, again, uh, helping in a situation. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, 
and verse number 15 through verse number 17, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called into one body and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And so what's the good of self-control? Well, it lends towards peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And this will not only be good for you, but will be good for those around you. And so we need to allow the Spirit to control us. We need the Scriptures to control us. And we need to, on our part, seek to control our own selves. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 15. Again, we've looked at this verse as we traveled through Proverbs, but I just want to take you back here once again. It's good for us to remember a soft answer. This will often times promote peace or lead to peace. And the Bible says that in Proverbs 15, verse 1. It says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And so we need to, again, use a soft answer, an appropriate answer, not a loud answer, not a harsh answer, but a soft answer turneth away wrath. And so, again, as far as self-control... Again, it promotes peace. Secondly, it promotes admiration. Let's turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 17. When you control yourself or you control uh, your tongue and control yourself in maybe a harder situation, it will promote admiration from other uh, people. In Proverbs 17, verse number 28, it says, Even a fool, when he holdeth, his peace is counted wise. You know, that fool held his peace. He's looked upon as wise. And he that shot at this lift is esteemed a man of understanding. Again, it's admirable to be a man of understanding. See, it's admirable to be someone that's wise. A fool can be looked upon as wise if he'll but hold his peace. He that holds or shut at his mouth or shut at his lips is going to be esteemed a man or woman of understanding. And so again, we want to be a people, again, that are under control. This will lead to peace. This will lead to admiration. And finally, this will lead to life. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 21, as you look at that person who has no control, you see that city that's destroyed. It's without walls. It's unprotected. And it's not what it should be. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse number 23, we see when we control ourselves, it'll tend towards life. Proverbs 21, verse number 23, it says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. And then if you turn over to Proverbs 13, you keep yourself out of trouble, or you keep yourself in a place where you're not in trouble if you'll keep your mouth and you'll keep your tongue uh, and keep them in, in a way that would please the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 3, it says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. And so we need to be controlling as far as our lives, our mouths, our talk, our speech, our emotions. Um, 
and all those sorts of things. And so let's turn back to our text there in Proverbs 17, and I'll close here tonight. Again, the blessedness of self-control, it leads to peace, it leads to admiration, it leads to a better life. And so again, I encourage you to control yourself. Again, we train our children towards self-control, and certainly we would want to be in control of ourselves. And again, we see here the Bible speak about that. Verse number 27 and 28, it says, He that hath knowledge spareth his word, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. We want to be seen, and not saying you want to be seen in the world as wise, and you want to see, be a person of understanding, but you do to some degree, because that's the goal to be a person of wisdom and understanding. Let's go ahead and close as we consider the word of God. And we do so by sparing our words and holding our peace. Let's go ahead and pray as we consider the word of God here tonight.